Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into another FizzCast. I'm Ian Unsworth alongside John Eads. We're previewing Syracuse basketball's game this games this week. Got Louisville on Wednesday at 6.30. Get that one on the ACC Network. And then they have Notre Dame on Saturday in the Carrier Dome. That's going to be an interesting contest. This Notre Dame team is hot. But first things first, back to Louisville. Syracuse was supposed to play the Cardinals uh, just two, actually two weeks from Wednesday. And we put out a FizzCast uh, February 2nd, I believe it was, John. Am I right on that? So February 2nd was our original Louisville FizzCast, and the Cardinals haven't played a game since February 1st. So if you want to know more about Louisville, the team, how they play, some guys to watch, uh, take it back to that one. You can find it on the site at Orange Fizz, on Twitter at Orange Fizz, or on the SoundCloud at Fizz Radio. All, all the information is going to be right there. John, in terms of Louisville today, or tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, Louisville's without two scholarship players, and their head coach, Chris Mack, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. He was away from the program for a little while. How do you think this Cardinals team comes out of the COVID pause? I really have no idea, Ian. I really don't. I mean, you said it right there. The coach was away from the program. So, you know, we'll see how that affected their team. Syracuse obviously had a pause, and it took them a second to get their stride back. Clemson had a pause. They came back, took them a second. Now, some teams have gone into this break, and they've come back successful, like teams like Michigan, but... Michigan didn't have issues within the program. The coach wasn't away from the team. So that really takes away a lot chemistry-wise, X's and O's-wise. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but I think it definitely, unfortunately, it plays into Syracuse's favor, and I think it adds to the you know the, the great chance that this is for them to win and get their first quad win of the year. It's, it's just a, it's a, it's a tough bounce for Louisville. It really is. Yeah, a tough situation coming back, playing a Syracuse team that's looking for its third straight consecutive conference win, and as John mentioned, could be a quad one win away at the KFC Yum Center. That game's going to be Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. tip, ACC Network. Um, remember, we didn't talk about Louisville that much. That's because we talked about them on February 2nd. Check that FizzCast out. Let's talk about Notre Dame because they're the real reason we're here today. Notre Dame and Syracuse this Saturday at 2 p.m. in the Carrier Dome. Syracuse, we haven't seen a line yet, but Syracuse should be heavily favored. They've only lost one game at home this season. The first matchup between Cuse and the Irish was postponed on December 22nd after the whole Syracuse-Buffalo COVID test supposed. That was a whole big mess. And now that you know we go back and hindsight's 2020, it seems like Syracuse had some COVID issues as well during that time period that we just were not aware of. So that pause back, although it was very long and it seemed very drawn out and it was it was tough as a fan, I will admit, it was tough as a fan to sit through that time without Syracuse basketball, but it was obviously for the best. So that Syracuse-Notre Dame game did not happen, but we're finally getting one now. John, tell me a little bit about Notre Dame. What are you thinking we're going to get from the Fighting Irish this Saturday? Yeah, it's a weird team because the first thing I did was look at who they played, who they played recently, and I see they beat Pitt. They wiped the floor with Pitt. Now, Duke beat them earlier in the year, and they came back and beat them. But this is also a team, I looked at their record, they're 9-10. It's like, what? They can't make up their mind on what they want to do. They flipped the switch. I really have no explanation for it. They lost by 12 at Virginia, and then came out, beat BC, beat Miami, lost to Virginia Tech. 
Pitt, as you mentioned, went over Wake and lost to Georgia Tech, beat Duke, beat Miami. They've won six out of their last eight. And keep in mind, Notre Dame is a, is a bottom feeder of the ACC, and so are most of the teams that they've beaten besides Pitt. Pitt is now five games back from the top of the ACC, and it seems like two, three weeks ago, they were they were the team to beat. This The ACC this year has been so strange. There's There's no real top team. But back to Notre Dame. I don't I don't really know what switch flipped, but it just seems to be working, John. And uh, different players are stepping up. I guess that's my only explanation because in those six wins, the, in the six out of their last eight that they've won, five different players have led the team in scoring. So it seems like different guys are just getting hot every single night. And that's a really impressive stat, and that's a good stat you want to have if you're a team because it's not one guy coming in and getting the job done every night. It's a lot of different guys stepping up at different times. Now the question will be can they – you know, do that in one cohesive performance. And if they do, that, that'd, be, that'd be scary. But this is a Notre Dame team that really, both of these teams are so similar to last year. Like, you could flip the zero to the one on the calendar. Only thing that's different this year about this game is there's no John Mooney for Notre Dame. That's literally it. Syracuse has, like, the same record. Last year, they were middling in the ACC. Same kind of deal. And this is kind of just a game that you played. It didn't really mean a lot. You just played. And um, I know we, we watched that first matchup last year when Notre Dame came back and won, and then Syracuse came back the second time. That Joe Girard at the end of the game handing the ball to I think Prentice Hub it was just incredible. Oh, moment. I do but, remember that. Uh, yes, great moment. Yes, yeah, you remember that? It was funny. But yeah, it's it's really similar to last year. And again, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, but it's going to be a tough game because this Notre Dame team is very skilled offensively. It's one of those things where it's a game you can't if you win. It's just another. It's just another notch in the resume. But if you lose, if I mean, I don't even know what to say about Syracuse's NCAA hopes anymore, because it it changes by the day. Sometimes they're in, sometimes they're out. It all depends on who you look at. Joe Lenardi's not a big Syracuse guy. Other bracketologists are. Uh, bracketologist is, I guess, a word I made up. It's like mixologists at a. I don't even know. It's it's a word now. Notre Dame is a team, like John said, that can get hot offensively and absolutely run you out of the gym. That's what they did against Duke. They scored 93 points against Duke, largely due to the three-point shooting. This is the third-best three-point shooting team in the ACC at about a 38% clip, and they have a lot of different dudes that can cash out. They're also 12th in the country in offensive efficiency, averaging around 116 points per 100 possessions. That's impressive. Very impressive for a team like we said, is, you know, not very good in, in in all facets. They're not very good, but they can freaking shoot the ball 73 points per game. I know we're making it sound like they're 25-0 and 0 right now, but they're 9-10, and 10 and here's why. Their defense sucks. Ah. Their defense sucks. That they're makes sense. 141st in, defense, in defensive efficiency. I'll come back and counter you with that. They score 73 a game, but they give up 72. So it's like, you know, for every, for every two you get, I'm hitting a three kind of thing. So it should be a high-scoring affair. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see it be up and down the court. And you also mentioned no John Mooney. And that's huge because Syracuse, we all know the story at this point. Chances are, from what from what we've been seeing and hearing, Barama Sidibe is not going to show his face anytime soon on the court. That's, that's just the way the cookie's crumbling. The knee is acting up. He's had knee problems his whole Syracuse career, and it just seems like it's coming back to get him again. That stinks. Are we going to see more Bola Jacques? I don't know. Are we going to see more Edwards? I don't know. Is Marek going to play 40 minutes every single game from now on? I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now, he's not making it 40 minutes against North Carolina. But today, I mean, excuse me, Saturday, he might have a chance because 
Notre Dame doesn't have a true, true big man like they did last year with Mooney, who we said a, a bajillion times over is a Mooney was a the definition of a walking double double. He was like a poor man's Andre Drummond. He stood under the rim, collected rebounds, and made the put back put back baskets. That like that was that dude's game. And so not having him on the floor this year for Notre Dame has pushed their offense a lot more outside, and that's why they're shooting threes at the clip that they are. But it helps Syracuse a lot when you don't have to worry about the bigs getting in foul trouble and you don't have to worry about boxing out. Well, I mean, I hope they will worry about boxing out, but you don't have to worry about boxing out a serious rebounding threat. And that's good. But you, you do say they are a good shooting team, so you obviously got to worry about that. But I think this is a team that Syracuse should beat just based off the schematics right there. The Orange need to win the rebounding battle. You know, they need to do things they sh- do the things they should do. Really, this Notre Dame team is a copyright, you know, I'm trying to think of the word here. It's a Bayheim team. They're not very deep. They don't like to go deep. They have seven guys, seven contributors, five average double figures. Then they got two solid players off the bench. It's not like a deep team like we've seen the NC States of the world and the Clemsons of the world where they got nine, ten guys that come in and play and they rotate. This is a team that can get tired and potentially get into foul trouble because against BC, Coach Bayheim. now this was BC. I don't know if they're going to look to do it against Notre Dame. They should because I feel like they have the size advantage in some areas like Quincy Garrier. They wanted to pound the ball inside. And draw some fouls, get to the free throw line. This is the best, one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. So if they look to go that route, could be trouble for Notre Dame. I'd certainly appreciate that because Notre Dame's best player, Nate Lazuski, is a 6'10 big who plays like he's 6'5. He likes to stand out on the perimeter, shoot threes. I mean, that's real that's really his best skill is the three-point shooting. He hits seven against North Carolina. They lost that game, but still. Like seven threes, the dude stands 6'10. That, that's that's freaking impressive. He's shooting 51% from behind the arc this year, but he's no banger. He's no big body, and he's going to have to either handle uh, Marek Dolajai or Quincy Garrier. I would assume he's on Dolajai, or Notre Dame's been mixing some zone in there as well, so depending on what they go with. If they're playing man, I think he's on Dolajai, and I think that's a favorable matchup for Marek because he's just Marek's just got more skill down low. He's got that bevy of post moves that he can go to, and... That's the option that Syracuse has to attack. I mean, none of Notre Dame's guards are particularly good defenders, but I want to see them go inside because they really made a push for it against BC in the second half. Didn't really work that well, but I think there's potential. I think I think it worked well. They just, like Beheim kind of touched on in his presser, the guys weren't doing it. Like, instead of driving inside, Gary was shooting jump shots. and Instead of Kadari driving, he was shooting jump shots. So if you just stick to the game plan, Coach Beheim knows what he's doing. Listen to him. Run the sets. But like you said... Uh, between Gary and Dolajai, Lashuski and Durham, they got to figure out who's defending who. And however you spell it, it's it's a mismatch in favor of Syracuse. And I just think it's cool how Lashuski came off the bench last year, and now he's leading the ACC in field goal percentage. Like that's a meteoric rise, you know. Like last year, he was coming off the bench when he played Syracuse, and now he's like their guy, you know. I mean, there's uh, like we said earlier, they have a bunch of dudes that could be their guy on any given night, but it's been Lashuski. For the majority of the Notre Dame season, you mentioned Jawan Durham. He's their other forward, averages almost two blocks a game and 10 points. But, I mean, he's not a huge impact guy. I believe he's an Indiana transfer. Actually, I will stamp that he is an Indiana transfer, played there uh, at the first year or two of his career, then came over to Notre Dame. But he's a big body, but not much more. He never really gives you much offensively or defensively. He's, he's just kind of there. And Quincy Garrier should certainly take advantage of that. He has the quickness advantage in that matchup. On the outside, Notre Dame's three guards are 
dangerous if they get hot. That's a big old if. Big old if. But if they get hot, Syracuse could have some trouble. Because we talked about Prentice Hub earlier. He had that absolute lights-out performance against Syracuse in the first game. 22 points. Made 6 of 12 three-pointers. No TJ Gibbs. He's graduated. He was the other guy in that backcourt with Hub last year that absolutely lit Syracuse up. But they've got other guys that have the potential to do it. Cormac Ryan, who's a name we didn't really hear much last year out of Notre Dame, and he's really just kind of emerging onto the scene. He's had shaky games this year. He only averages 10 points a game, but he had 28 against Duke in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Like, that's no small feat. Four of seven from behind the arc, 28 points. Like, that. This if this dude gets hot... It's lights out. He hasn't done it much this year, but if he does, it's an issue. All it takes is one night, right? Just same with Gerard. He can go off for 30. He went off for 16 in that first half. He was well on his way to 30 and didn't do anything in the second, which may have been by, by design. But back to Notre Dame, yeah, that's a dangerous guard. You talked about Hub. I think the difference, Syracuse lost the first matchup last year. Hub scored 22 in that game. The second matchup, the Orange won. He had eight points, two of nine from three. So, like you said, if he's off, I think Notre Dame's off. Yeah, one more guy to mention, Dane Goodwin, around 12.5 points per game, 39% three-point shooter. He's not the main guy, though. He's more of a secondary option. I think shutting down Prentice Hub is the key for Syracuse like it was last year, and then keeping Leshewski and Ryan from getting hot from deep. Unfortunately, the zone is not exactly the best buffer for those sort of things because guys will get open looks, especially if Notre Dame can move the ball with the quickness of the Boston College Eagles last Saturday. However, I mean, it didn't result in a win for BC because BC's defense was pretty atrocious and they turned the ball over a lot in the first half. Notre Dame could do the same thing. They're not as turnover prone a team as BC, but Syracuse is one of the best defensive teams in the ACC. They're forcing around 15 turnovers a game. So the Orange have shown that potential and Gerard and Kadari Richmond are both around two steals a game. So the top of the zone can force some turnovers, cause some discomfort for those shooters, Syracuse should run away with this one. However, me saying that is an absolutely dangerous waters because Syracuse is not running away with anything right no, now. Not even BC. Not even BC. So it, it's it's scary. Also, quick sidebar: Jim Christian got fired. If you missed that, uh, Jim Christian got fired by Boston College um, after lost they 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 lost to Syracuse. They let him go on the ACC coaches teleconference. <laughs> And then they fired him afterwards. That is the absolute worst way to go if you're a head coach. We talked about the, the, you know, uh, rubbing against the rubbing of heads between him and the administration before. And I was like, the administration, I, you know, I don't, I'm not really a fan of BC's administration. And now I'm really not after you say that, like, come on, have some class, you know, like, come on. It's a rough way to go. I mean, when you have one winning season in seven seasons, it's tough, but no no coach deserves to go out like that. He ran a clean program. Eh, it, it's a tough look. All that aside, let's let's refocus here. Syracuse-Notre Dame this Saturday at 2 p.m. John, score prediction. Well, two things I'm looking for before I say that are how much of three-point shooting does Syracuse do? Because they only shot 11 against BC. They made 16 in the first matchup against BC. So we'll see. And that kind of pl- talk that kind of plays into what we were saying. Do they, want to, do, do they want to pound the ball down low, pound the ball in the paint, score that way? Or do they want to get shots outside? We'll have to see. I think that's going to you know play a big role in how this game turns out. And then I think we will see a lot more of John Bolajac because he is better at you know covering those shooters in the corners, especially in this team doesn't like to pound it inside. So I think you're going to see a lot more JB. JBA? JBA. 
JBA, as far as score prediction, I'll say Syracuse wins, gets to 11-1 at home this season. I'll say a comfortable 8-9 point win. Yeah, I'm going to go, I think this game will be in the 80s. I think both teams probably run the ball up and down the floor and it turns into a jack it up kind of fest. I'm going to say Syracuse 83, Notre Dame 78. I think five is a very safe, I think it's a safe margin because there, there's a world in this where this game gets up to those numbers, but there's also a world where it's, you know, both teams are struggling to get 70 just because they go cold, and neither team really has the most reliable scoring option inside. So it, it who knows? Who really knows? But I would say 83-78 Syracuse is my best bet for this game. That's going to do it here on the FizzCast, a weekly, of course. And But remember, Syracuse plays Louisville on Wednesday. Check out our February 2nd FizzCast for all the info on the Louisville Cardinals and Syracuse-Notre Dame this Saturday, 2 p.m. tip, and the Carrier Dome. Catch it on ACC Network. For John Eads, I've been Ian Unsworth. Thank you so much for listening, and go Orange. <laughs>